welcome to MS Podcast. In today's podcast, we are continuing the conversation. And today we got somebody else's. His name is Juan Valesco. And you are, you are. We cannot call you a coach. Are we call you a coach? Or do you want to be called a coach? What do you want to be called, actually, Juan? Uh, well, that's actually that's a great question. That's actually, I think, uh, an entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur coach. Um, Oh, I like that. Okay, so you're an entrepreneur coach. Now, I'm looking at your profile, mm -hmm. and I see something that is very interesting to me. You were a principal CEO at a top lead agency. Can you talk more about this? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so one of the things that that uh, I've, I've owned a lot of businesses in the past, you know, and I've sold a couple to like a public company and other small businesses. One of the things that I know that I had struggled with were leads, right? Like to get more customers. Um, mm -hmm. So one business in particular that I owned um, that I bought as an investment, it was a hair salon, right? Um, bought it about seven years ago. And when I bought it, you know, I wanted to grow it, but then I, I had no idea you know, about the salon industry and, you know, how to get customers. So one of the, one of the things that I started working on is leads. So I hired an agency to actually, you know, get, get us new customers, spend a lot of money, got no results on it. So then what I said is like, look, I am going to have to start from the drawing board, right? Like I'm, I'm going to have to do it myself. So then what I did was that I actually, you know, spent a lot of money on research training. And then I learned what, you know, like the lead agencies were doing to get leads. So then I got a lot of, I mean, I got so many customers for our uh, salon business that I actually had to start turning away business. So then I said, you know what, I can actually turn this into a business. So I opened up a lead generation uh, company and, you know, I was, we were doing about a couple hundred uh, leads uh, per day for like certain customers. Um, so that was really cool because like, I saw the big need of it because, you know, like as a small business, we all need leads, you know, mm -hmm. uh, except one of the big problems too is once you have leads is you got to convert them into customers and that's the key. Right. Um, but, uh, so the, so that, uh, lead generation company that I, that I started was really cause I, I needed more customers, uh, for my salon business. So you said something interesting, you started several businesses. So what makes you start your own business? Why did, when you were done with your school, you didn't want to work for somebody directly. You just decided you always wanted to start your own business. What was your frame instead of mind? Because there is people who will go straight. I'm going to go to a nine to five job. I'm going to be hired somewhere. Life is good. But you get the true entrepreneurs who are like, well, I'm going to go to school, learn some stuff, but I have the jitters to go and do my own business. What was yours? I actually, uh, so that's a great question, Emma. So uh, straight out of school, I actually did work for somebody for a little while. Okay. Um, and then my brother, um, he was, the, he, uh, you know, like he was the entrepreneur in the family. You know, I was the one who went to school. And my brother was always starting businesses, um, but for some reason he wouldn't. Uh, continue on the business he, you know he will start one and you know close and start another one and then I had the invitation from him he told me hey let's start a business together so I said you know why not you know I was young you know I was in my mm -hmm. 20s and then I remember this um, and this kind of answers your question so when I went to my boss and I told him hey I'm going to start a business right like me and my brother are going to start a business he said look 80 90 percent of the businesses fail 
And if you quit this job and you start a business, you're going to fail too. That's what I needed. Emma. Like I needed someone else to tell me you can't do it. You're going to fail. I quit my job, uh, moved 1500 miles uh, away to, from Chicago to Colorado to start the business. Oh, wow. So you originally from Chicago. Yes, correct. Oh my goodness. So what made you decide to go to Colorado? Why? (laughs) To start the business. Because you thought, okay, so with your brother, you decided to pick Colorado for the business. Yeah. So can I ask you what it was? Yeah, no, absolutely. So it was a uh, plumbing and heating company. Plumbing. Oh, that's cool. But why Colorado? Uh, Well, if you think about it, we were up in the mountains. It is like 11,000 feet elevation, right? Um, so like the two things that they need the most is, you know, heat, right? Because it's, it, it's like winter, it, you know, like eight months out of the year. Um, yeah. So one thing is they need heat. So when their heat breaks down, right? So there's a demand. And then on the plumbing side of it, um, a lot of it, when there's a lot of second and third homes out there. So when the heat goes out, their plumbing breaks, and then we yeah. were there to fix it. So we kind of had the market. You know, because so hold on. Yeah, but okay, let me say this. There is not everybody and nobody that I know, or only a few people that I know would think about this. What makes you think about this? Seriously, were you just thinking, oh, let's go to Colorado to do another plumbing business? Because to me, it's like, okay, it's like, let's go to the moon and see if we can colonize one side of the moon and just have a little, you know, vacation spot so people can come. It seems like so out of the box. It's insane. Is people not, never told you that you're insane to do this? I was like, <laughs> are you crazy? Well, actually, a lot of people told me. So when when I left Chicago, you know, all, all of our family was in Chicago. So we just picked up, you know, I picked up and went to Colorado and just started over again. Um, you know, lived in a 500 foot trailer, you know, mm-hmm. had zero income coming in. Um, the money that I actually had, it was about $5,000. Like that went towards you know, the business, um, we had, you know, we were making nothing, you know, like in the beginning. So, so I think, uh, no, you're right. I mean, you got to be a little bit crazy sometimes to start a business. I know you got to be crazy. We're all crazy. I must say we don't, you know, we don't think like everybody else's, but to be able to, you guys were right on the target and on the market to be able to do that. You have to have a good instinct, seriously, because you really follow something. It was totally unknown and unknown. And a lot of people, when I'm talking to CEOs, like I'm speaking with you, it's like they're afraid. It's like people are listening. It's like, I wish I could. I wish I could. But the first step is the scariest one for everybody because it's like going into the unknown. But you and your brother just say, hey, let's go. And we're not going to be in Chicago. We're just going to go to Colorado. So what was the trajectory from Colorado down to Texas? Because now you're in Colorado how long did you keep the business and did you move to a new uh, venture with your brother or you, did you split or what happened there? Oh, so that's a great question. So we, so we grew the business. So we started the business, just him and I, and it was like a 1997, uh, 1997 Chevrolet Silverado pickup, right? We had zero customers. Um, we worked our butts off and within three years, we grew the business from like literally zero to over $5 million. We had over 20 employees. Uh, we had like 13 trucks, you know, I mean, it was like the perfect timing, right? Yeah. And and at that peak, uh, we actually, my brother and I said, you know, maybe we can sell it. Um, but unfortunately, my brother actually was in a motorcycle accident and he passed mm-hmm. away. 
So then when he passed away, I was like, oh my God, right? Like I have this whole company, right? And this company that I started with my brother, I have like 20 employees, um, his family. And, you know, that was, pre- that was one of the lowest points in my life where you just want to run away. Like you just mentioned about fear. Like that was, I wanted to lock myself in a closet, lock the door, turn off the lights and just, you know, just like disappear. Disappear. Right. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that kept me going um, was my brother, because he said he wanted to, for the business to continue, you know, like to, you know, keep going. So I said, I can't just give up the business just because he's not here anymore. Right. Um, it it took a lot of time. Um, you know, I actually, you know, wanted to give the business away. I wanted to close it. I mean, there were a lot of points where, you know, talk about fear, you know, where you just want to just walk away from it because that would have been the easiest thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but one of the things that kept me going um, and to kind of answer your question, you know, it was my brother's dream, mm-hmm. but we had over like 20 people relying on the company too, you know, like in their families. Um, and that actually was like the anchor for me to continue going. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't easy. Um, one of the things and I share with you that's really, really important that I discovered there was in my lowest point, um, I started reaching out, right, like to people that can help me. Um, you know, I mean, by nature, you know, sometimes when we're fearful or when we're hurt, we just don't want to talk to anybody. Uh, yeah. l- luckily, I had some of my brother's friends that were other business owners. Um, they were older. You know, one was retired. Um, they became my coaches. They became my mentors um, at the lowest points, like they were there to just kind of push me along. Right. Um, and that's what kept me going as well. So, you know, having someone like that, like a coach or a mentor that really opened my eyes where if you don't have that type of uh, person or, you know, you just kind of get stuck in your own world. I mean, I mean, when, when my brother passed away, I started drinking. You know, I was on depression medication. I was on, you know, anxiety medication. I was like, oh, yeah. you know, like in cloud nine, right? It was, yeah. it was like the worst feeling ever. Uh, and then I decided, you know what? I can't do that. You know, so, you know, I stopped and, you know, I looked for help, um, you know, and that really put me back in the direction of it. So to answer your question, it was a long journey after he passed away, but I was able to build it up again, sold it to a public company. And, you know, I, you know, I, I can't say semi-retired, but at that point I was kind of retired. I was like, what else do I do? You know? Um, and that's when I decided just to, you know, go into consulting and coaching. So that one inspired you to do that, to step up and just said, uh, you know, because I had people around me that helped me in my journey at my lowest point and I have support. I, I want to give back and do the same thing for others. Yeah. Because, you know, like one of the points, um, uh, when I had the business, I never experienced this before. And when after my brother passed away, like I had a nervous breakdown. I had no idea what that meant. Like my body literally froze, right? Like, like, like I felt like I was like in a cocoon. I never knew what that was. And luckily uh, Wayne, which was uh, my mentor and one of my brother's friend, like, you know, he kind of walked me through it, you know, like I, you know, so I know how it feels when you're running a business, you know, and things just fall apart on you. Um, and when there's someone there, like a guiding light, you know, there's a need for it. And, you know, and that's what I do and, you know, why I do it as well. 
I think it's truly inspiring and I'm sure your brother is looking upon you and must be extremely proud of you for that because you're not only, you know, it's trial, what we call trial and tribulation, but it also push, um, what we call it, the, uh, the challenge to really grow and mature. So for me, it's, um, it's something that is powerful when uh, life takes a swing at us because that's, that's one of the biggest things. When life takes a, sw- a swing at us, it's the time where we grow and we mature. So it's extremely powerful to see that you were able to do that uh, and really uh, being able to take that pain and turn it into something even more powerful, which is a testimony and a legacy actually to your uh, brother. Because for me, that is the true inspiration. You probably had to go through this to get where you needed to be today. And it's amazing to hear that. And I'm sure your brother must be extremely proud from where he's standing, probably close to you and just say, yep, that's exactly what you are supposed to do. So it's amazing. So when you sold the business, did you stay in Colorado or did you move uh, somewhere else? No. So so after we sold the business, um, we were like we were in Colorado. So either we go to Florida or California. You know, uh, I'm from Chicago, never seen the beach. So I'm like, you know what? Let's move to California. So we picked up uh, U-Haul, um, had a motorcycle at the time. My, my wife and I, we drove west and, you know, we landed in uh, San Antonio. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, in uh, San Diego, California. Oh, San Diego. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <So> that... <laughs> nice weather. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah, beautiful weather. I mean, um, yes. you know, and and that was one of the, as a young child, like the, like that was my dream place, like to be, you know, by the beach, you know. Mm hmm. So what did you do there? Did you start something or what did you do? Did you just start a new business or did you went to the coaching, entrepreneurial coaching? What did you do? Yeah. So as soon as I landed, um, I started my consulting coaching practice um, because I knew, I mean, you know, I took a little break, uh, you know, like in the beginning, but then, you know, you get bored after a while, right. Of not doing anything. Um, So then I lasted about like nine months of, doing nothing um, it's not that bad nine months i really last five minutes <laughs> nine months that's pretty good i must say wow well, that's pretty good <laughs> i i did go for my mba and, and i got my mba in finance within nice. those nine months so you know so i was somewhat busy you know a little bit yes you were in school so you put your bike to school to yeah. so you, your target was just to do finance or what was the the goal to get to that mba so um correct so so finance and <laughs> business but but one of the reasons that i took it um what i wanted to do is because i knew i was going to help small business owners and what i wanted to learn was like the way the corporate or large businesses run their businesses right Um, because they they know and they have certain strategies that like small businesses don't know um so that was my main focus with those nine months is to really learn the strategies with you know uh, finance with data with you know f- you know financial statements you know how do they use all the information to grow it and then from there I started my consulting practice and and really working with with small businesses nice so uh from there how many uh businesses have you been to to reach out or what is to I have to ask this question what was the most challenging one of the businesses you started with to help? What was the most challenging one for you? 
Oh, uh, that's a great question. So I would say um, I work with a lot of family businesses. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was a I, I'm Mexican. You can't tell, you know, so I'm Mexican. Food, really? But it was, yeah. I thought you were Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I get that a lot. I get that a lot. But I it, know. <laughs> it, uh, it was actually a tortilla factory in California. Okay. Um, a really large organization. Um, they, they had like over 50 employees. Um, and it was two generational, meaning uh, like the dad started it in yeah. like 1960. And then wow. the children were going to take over the business, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they wanted to do uh, were his three sons, were, they wanted to grow it, you know, like they wanted to do different things. And it was challenging because you had two types of personalities. Like you had the dad, old school. Um, he actually had a, like a notebook where he kept the records of his finances, right? And then the sons were like technology. So th- there was like a clash, you know? Um, so mm-hmm. I, I had to help them um, kind of, um, you know, understand each other. Uh, but I, I had to relate to the dad that started the business that he wanted to grow the legacy. And then with the sons that wanted technology, you know, they want to add new products. It was challenging, but it was like the most rewarding uh, project because once I helped them, you know, we got their finances in order. You know, we were able to help them grow. The dad uh, just kind of sat back and saw the business continue to grow. And that was satisfying because he actually started the business uh, as a wish of his uh, mom. Right. So it was like it was almost like three generations. Um, but that was one of the challenges because there was so much, uh, dynamics with it. You know, it's like the old school, the new school, and then, and then you got me here trying to, you know, connect all the pieces together. I think the challenging part of it too, is when it's, you're talking family, there is always that dynamic and that can fly left and right very quickly. And you're like, Oh boy, oh boy, there is (laughs) boundaries. And the worst part of it family business you're not only delegate with the business but you go at home with it so that can be even worse so it must oh, have yeah. been very interesting for you to negotiate and being able to really be the um, peacekeeper between every members of the family but it at the end of the day it worked which is great um so that is great uh so uh, you're in san diego and you have your own business uh from there is what did you do? Did you decided to move somewhere else? Did you decided to continue to expand? What did you do uh, to continue to grow your own business? Yeah, so um, so in San Diego we were there about ten years, and then uh, while in San Diego we you know I I bought started other businesses like I mentioned like the hair salon, um, so I bought it, sold it, um, and I learned a lot of that one too because like it was in the pandemic, you know, we had like, you know, 12, 12 employees and we were shut down. Um, we kept the doors open, you know, you know, I pushed it as far as I could, yeah. uh, learned a lot with that business, uh, you know, you know, how to grow it. Um, and then, so from there, so after I sold it, uh, we decided, you know what, you know, California is great. Um, let's go back, uh, East. So then we, we chose San Antonio, Texas, uh, to continue, um, consulting and coaching. This is great. So it looks like that even though you get your coaching business, you ha- still have the bug to create other uh, or the jitters to get to create others, uh, small businesses. So are you creating other businesses right now? Or are you just focusing only on the coaching? 
Uh, right now, just on the coaching, um, you know, right now, I think the biggest need, um, especially going through like the post pandemic and like, mm -hmm. you know, like everything that's going on, I think the businesses need as much support as they can use. And, you know, for me, um, you know, having all these businesses and, you know, going through, you know, all those struggles, it's, it, it's almost like I have to go out because I can relate to all the business owners, you know, like, you know, you know, I can relate when they have, you know, things go worst at the most worst time, right? You know, like I've been there, um, I've experienced it and I've been able to come out of it, you know? So, so right now really focused, focused on coaching consulting right now. Good. Um, so what is the, uh, what is your trade quote unquote? Uh, because I read something very interesting uh, for people and maybe you can explain a little bit of this because it looks like you're, um, you're able to help people with their uh, bottom line revenue. Uh, how do you do that? I'm very curious to know how you you can help them to see that uh, even with spending, no, not even spending any uh, extra money, they can um, they can increase their revenues because right now people are struggling, like you said, with the pandemic and trying to recover their leads and their profits. Um, how? How do you help them to, to see what they're able to do uh, or even revenues they don't, they're not aware of? How do you do that? No, that's a great question. Um, so, so what I learned like with the businesses that I had and the businesses that, that I work, especially like the businesses that I had. So I'll give you an example, like the hair salon. So when we purchased it, you know, we purchased it like pennies on the dollar, right? Um, it, it was a couple that had it and they lost it. Now, they were spending a lot of money in marketing and advertising, you know, one of the biggest things I think a lot of businesses think that they can spend money, like, you know, put ads in Facebook and, you know, spend all this money like with, with marketing agencies and that's going to automatically generate revenue and profit. Well, you know, I've learned and, you know, and you know, too, that that's not going to happen. Um, you can spend all the money that you want, but you have to have certain things in place, right? Um, and it's the fundamentals. Um, so like, for instance, with that hair salon business that I own, um, you know, first we had to figure out like, you know, who was our target customer, right? Like, who are we actually speaking to? And then, you know, what separated us from everybody else? And then once I did that, then we can introduce some marketing, you know, and then kind of like um, strategies like, you know, have joint ventures, you know, or, you know, even, um, you know, being, being able to give, you know, specific offers to like your existing clients. Uh, so what I learned in helping businesses, there's certain things that we don't do. Um, like I give you an example. One, uh, one of the things that kind of stands out is like all these larger corporations do all this, but we, we don't even notice it like a small business owner. So like McDonald's, right? So on the billboards, you see like the 99 cent dollar cheeseburger, right? And if you really think about it, it's like, does McDonald's, you know, become a billion, you know, a billionaire, um, you know, in enterprise selling cheeseburgers? Well, if you think about it, if you go into the store, you know, you ask for a 99 cent dollar cheeseburger and what happens? That other person says, oh, you know, would you like to, you know, put a combo meal? You know, it's like for a couple more bucks. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. You know, would you like to biggie size it? Sure. Okay. And then, you know, would you like an apple pie? And then you don't realize when you, you came in for a $0.99 cheeseburger, but you come out of there with like $7, $8 spending, right? Um, and those yes. are the... 
It, yeah, I mean, so I mean, it's amazing, right? But I know upsells, cross sales, yeah. they will do everything for you. And you, you just, it. yes, you got it. And, <laughs> you know, and then us as business owners, and we, you know, we see them, you know, they're just satisfied of just the customer comes, we give them what they want, which is fine. But if you have other things that you can offer them, you know, you know, you know, why not? Because they're benefiting, right? Um, you know, so those are things that some business owners just don't realize that they have so much potential and so much value and so much to give um, that, you know, we, they just don't grow their business just because they don't know. Um, so what we do is we go in, find those opportunities for them, and then we're able to show them exactly those steps that they can take to grow their business. It's basically education as well. It's not only going there and see and how and fix. It's educating them because I believe uh, I've been a consultant person for over 20 plus years. There is a lack of education, especially when you're talking businesses. And I'm not talking even billion dollar businesses need some education, but I'm talking the smaller one, the medium to smaller, even startup. Not everybody knows everything. And if you decide to have your own business, well, you go to the Chamber of Commerce, get registered, you get your LLC or your corporation or whatever, but they give you a book. (laughs) It's so big. The way they're talking in that book, is like, I need a PhD because I don't understand half of what you're saying, how to run an LLC or a company. It's like, okay. But there is actually no education done that will help somebody. So if somebody's starting a garage with a very simple idea that can turn to a billion dollar product because they all have potential but it's all left on some one person's shoulders it's very difficult and i like you mentioned and highlight the education behind it is zero or you need to have a phd in marketing because they're going to copy something they see but that doesn't have the conversion equation or what they're doing in sales I don't know. I don't know about upsells, downsells, cross-sells. Not everybody knows and understand all of this. And it's very, it's sad in one way because companies could do better if they had people like you as uh, by their side to really show them and explain to them and tailor them because I'm assuming, so you're going to confirm that, that everything you do is tailored to the business. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Like, like you and I know, like every single business is different. Right. Um, and, and it's different because like you said, education is important because every owner is different, right? Like every owner, I mean, the fundamentals are the businesses are the same, right. You know, essentially, um, but every business owner is different um, in their stages, you know, maybe the, their goals are different. So what we do is we do a little bit different. So we take a personalized approach with them. Uh, depending on what their business is. And then, you know, we, we also show them, you know, that you can actually build an asset. Like I was just talking to a business owner the other day and they're like, you know, I'm, I asked them, you know, like, how long do you plan to work for? He's like, well, for the rest of my life. It's like, I'm like, well, wait a minute. It, like, let's take a step back. I mean, if, if you're growing a business, you want to grow an asset, something that you can sell or something they could use for your retirement. Like he never thought about that. You know, he just said, I'm gonna have to work for the rest of my life, you know, uh, but but everyone's unique, right? So what, what we have to do is we have to tailor a plan to them based on their goals. Maybe, you know, uh, I have a few business owners right now that they want to sell like in two years, right? Or uh, I just helped a, this is kind of a cool story. Um, 
you know, at the end of uh, of the cord of every laptop, there's a little piece of Velcro um, yes. there. So the inventor of that was about 35 years ago. Um, he's actually in Southern California. Um, he was a musician. And when he would get on stage and he would have to haul all these cords, you know, on stage, he got sick and tired of it because he would have to tie, you know, like rope to it. So then he went home, got his wife's uh, sewing machine, got some Velcro and created these straps, right? So then he started a business out of it like 35 years ago. And as him and his wife were growing the business, you know, they never realized to retire. They were working like, you know, 60 hours a week, you know, like most entrepreneurs, they had like over 20 employees. I started working with them about four, four years ago and their goal was to sell it. And I'm like, you know, give me two years and we'll work together to sell it. So um, actually in 2020, December 30th, 2020, they sold the business for, you know, quite a bit of money that's going to help them retire. Like that was so satisfying because they never realized like them not being in the business because they knew it for like over 30 years. Right. Um, so, yeah, so absolutely. So you want to tailor that plan to the business owner, depending on what their goals are. Which is great. That's that's what I wanted to uh to highlight because you're seeing, I've, well, you're seeing, I have seen personally some um, coaches who basically came with a playbook, but they're trying, like I always said, fit a square into a triangle, which never worked. So I wanted to emphasize uh, the fact that, yes, it should be tailored to businesses, to each business, because it's unique. Uh, because not every businesses are the same. Even if you take two bakeries side by side, two bakeries will run differently because it's two different people and their view on how to run their business and they want to do with their business is different from one another. So it's being able to be flexible and understanding this, bringing the knowledge, the education for them to be successful at the end of the day. Did you ever had one uh, business where you try so hard to help them, but at the end, you're just like, okay, nobody's listening to me. And what did you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that you learn, um, like you said, you know, there's different personalities, right? Um, so, so I did. So I actually had a business uh, in California that, that I was helping and, you know, I brought all these strategies, right, um, to kind of help them change the business around. Mm -hmm. But one of, the, one of the things that was really difficult was they had their own plan, which was great. Um, but, you know, as a business owner, and I learned this, you know, like in the beginning, um, you know, you have to be open-minded, but it's hard for us to be open-minded, right? Uh, because we, we know what we want, um, but, it's, but then, you know, I learned really quickly in business that if I just do what I think is right, then I'm going to miss out on all these opportunities, right? Like with my first business, right? Uh, like with my brother, if I would have just sold the business like I wanted it to and just give it away, literally, um, I would have missed out on a lot of opportunities that came from it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but someone was telling me, no, look, this is a process to build a business. Things are going to happen in the business. I mean, you know, just because you run a business every day, you know, is not, you know, perfect, right? Uh, but like you said earlier, the more pain we have, you know, by nature, we think like it's like it's bad. You got to run it. Actually, pain means growth, right? Um, yes. So being uncomfortable, um, you, know, just, you know, like just this morning, like I have a project and, you know, I'm, you know, I was a little bit late in delivering it or in preparation for it. I, I was uncomfortable this morning. And I, and I just talked to myself, this is part of it. It's actually good. You're uncomfortable because you know what, 
you got to push yourself to get through it. And then it felt great afterwards. But we just have to recognize that when you're uncomfortable, you get those butterflies in your stomach, your chest tightens up and your feet kind of vibrate because you just want to run away. It's actually it's a good sign. You just have to embrace it and say, okay, so what can I do now? You know? Yes. And that's that's the part of the growth because growth always comes with pain no matter what. And so it changes. So it's never roses and bonbon and caviar for everybody. No, it's not. Or I've never experienced a change without the pain and the growth and the uncertainty uh, or the challenges. And you don't know, even though you have a feeling the outcome is going to come one way, you're still in the unknown and you're still hoping and believing and keeping faith that everything will work out. So that's wonderful. Um, when you're faced with individuals who are uh, stubborn uh, at the beginning or before you engage completely because you, um, you're you doing a pre-interview with them, so you're kind of feeling how the business owner is. When you're faced with people who are really tight and stubborn, what do you do? Do you just say, okay, it is not worth it? Or are you trying to see if you can find that little opening where you can they can hear you? How do you go about it? Oh, that, that's a great question. So 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 initially, so if they're a little resistant, usually it's it's just a lack of understanding, right? Um, so like on their part. Um, so I learned this long time ago from a mentor. Um it's called lenses in, lenses out, and I'll explain it. Um, so lenses out is when you see someone reacting or seeing something happening um, and you kind of ask yourself, you know, what's that person uh, going through or like what's that experience mean externally, right? But by default, it's always lenses in. Like, for instance, uh, like I had a client, like, you know, we sat across the table and he, he literally yelled at me for like 20 minutes because he wasn't happy of like the results. Right. But then I thought for a second, man, you know, this is all on me. Like, you know, why is he attacking me? You know, uh, you know, I gave him everything that he wanted. It, that's lenses in when you're looking at yourself. Right. But then you switch it and it's almost like if you had glasses. Right. And you take them off and then you actually look them out that way. Um, but we're, we're always looking in. Like, what mm -hmm. do we do? But if you yep. flip them around and you and you look at them externally, lenses out, then you see what, you know, I wonder what he's going through. Maybe, you know, I don't know if he's married. Maybe he had a, you know, a fight with his family. Maybe something tragic happened in his family. Maybe he just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You know, you, you start having some em empathy with them. And then that automatically changes your demeanor, you know, instead of defensive. And then you just kind of back off. And people read that right away. And then they start, you know, if they ran like that gentleman, like for 20 minutes, he just like ringed me, you know, and then later he just cooled down and I just listened. Um, I don't know if you can tell I got big ears, but I say that God <laughs> gave me, God gave me big it's ears so for a reason. You know, you just listen, you know, yeah. Um, and then they all cool down um, and, you know, like he did and he, you know, he had something going on at home that just, you know, you know, they had financial problems, you know, marital problems. But if I would have automatically jumped out and felt like he was attacking me, then that, you know, that would have, you know, been the worst. Um, but, you know, it's always lenses. We always look at ourselves lenses in, but we always want to have lenses out, you know, and really look at the other person, why they're doing it, you know, mm -hmm. and really sometimes just listen. You just got to listen sometimes. 
Yes, because you get the clue when you're listening, actually, why the person is acting the way they're acting. Sometimes it's not towards you, but there is something uh, bigger. And people, most of the time, will react uh, at the first sign instead than, like you said, lenses in, lens it out. I will say I become an observer, which is exactly the same yeah. thing. You become an observer. You detach yourself from the situation and you're looking at the overall picture like you did, lenses out. So you can see it's not my monkey, it's not my circus. There is something there, but I can be stand still for a moment, breathe in, breathe out, so it can calm down. And if I don't tense up, then it's going to deflate on its own, realize afterwards, and probably open up or not to the person or to you and might apologize for the behavior after all. And that's what it's supposed to be. So... Yeah, sometimes you have to understand human nature as well. Yeah, you know, and you bring up a good point about uh, you said like your body, like breathing and like, where, you know, like when mm -hmm. you tense up. What, what I've learned too is like you have to listen to your body, like when your body tenses up or when your mm -hmm. breathing starts becoming shallow. We normally just could disregard it, but that's actually a sign. Your body's telling you, hey, you know, pay attention, right? Like slow down your breathing or, you know, yeah. maybe move around. Uh, but you mm -hmm. know, you got to pay attention to your body. So that's a really good point. Yeah. Because otherwise you go on a flight or fight mode and then you don't breathe. You don't bring oxygen to your brain. And then that just survival mode kick it in. And we don't, we can miss big uh, opportunities to realize what's going on. And our uh, view becomes narrow and it's just uh, a different story than we're narrative. We're starting. So, and sometimes, it's very funny because even we're going to deviate a little bit on this one, but even when a fight starts, generally it's always with a little thing. It's never with a big thing. It's a little thing that started all. <laughs> and yeah. He'll break loose and this, the, what do you say? The kitchen sink come with it to everything come to down. And you're like, we started a fight with what? <laughs> oh, that was just your socks. We're not into the, into the basket. But next to the basket, and it all started by a simple thing. So that's yeah. why sometimes we have to step back. But I, I'm assuming as a coach, uh, you are, you know, you have to learn more about the level of the communication as well, because I believe that, uh, like you said, you need to be able to read the bodies, but you need to be able to read quote unquote people and their energies as well. Yeah. Isn't yeah, it? Absolutely correct. So you, you, you bring up a great point. Um, like if you take like the person or even business, you know, like I learned this a while ago too, you know, it, like business is like 80% psychology, if not 90% are psychology, right. And like 10% uh, physiology, meaning, you know, like what you do, right. Um, you know, it's like you hear like the 80, 20 rule, right. Like 20% yep. of what you do produces 80% on your income. And it's so true now, but what it is, it's like 80% psychology, you know, um, so like, I'll give you an example, like, you know, and it goes with everything, like with business, that's why you said education is so important, right? Because if we can change our psychology, like if we can learn more of maybe, you know, if my business isn't where it's at, maybe, you know, I can learn some strategies on how to grow it, right? Um, and that's the psychology part. And then like pulling the levers is usually the easy part, you know, like the mechanical part. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, you know, like, uh, I'm first, I'm first generation American, you know, so like my mom and dad grew up in Mexico, right. You know, very hardworking, you know, worked in a factory, you know, we, we were taught to work hard, 
right? Like literally like work hard, right? The, the, like, like the harder physical labor you do, the more you, the more you get paid. It's actually not true. Mm -hmm. If you look at it, it, it's the more of the psychology part, right? Like how can I work with other people? You know, how can I get a coach or a mentor, uh, to help me advance myself. And, and if you really look at the successful people, uh, that's what they do, right? Like they gather themselves with people that can help them, but it's all psychology. Um, so uh, to kind of answer your question, you know, so like in like working with people, we have to understand like we're, we're 80% psychology, you know? Um, and, you know, it's like getting up in the morning. If you plan to, you know, go to the gym, you know, and that, you know, alarm goes off, and you think to yourself, man, you know, if I just hit this news another half hour, or if I get yeah. up, that's all psychology, you know, but it's so easy to get up or just hit the snooze, you know. Um, and so one of the one of the things that you mentioned is like that conversation that we're having, like the story we're telling ourselves, like it's mm-hmm. so important, you know, um, like for many years, like when my brother passed away, you know, I, I had a story that I told myself about that, which was incorrect right? Because it was a story that I made up, you know? Um, so I had to change the story to help me to help others, right? Um, so we have to change the story in our head. But yeah, I mean, it's all, it's 80% psychology, like you said. So let me ask you a question, because you mentioned something very interesting. I think we have some similar um, um, stories or a little bit with our parents, because my parents were the same way. Uh, and we were poor on top of it too. So it was very interesting to grow up in an environment we were segregated uh, because we were, our last name wasn't the same than everybody else's. So we were basically segregated on top of it. But it was very interesting the way you said. Now, when you decide with your brother to, the Cor- to go to Colorado, are your parents really thinking, are you crazy? What kind of children did we have? Because they are not following the path. Then we taught them work hard. You have to, you know, dedicated all of the, all the things they gave it to you and made you do it. How, you know, I'm curious to know what was the reaction of your parents is they were like shaking their heads and say, what is wrong with my two boys? What is wrong with those two? Because they are not like us. They are totally stranger. Did something happen here? And now, how are your parents um, uh, seeing all of t- everything you have done, including with your brothers, how successful you made it happen? But can you share that a little bit? Because I'm, that's going to make me smile personally, but I, I can relate a little bit. They say, they're nuts. They're crazy. My kids are crazy. <laughs> you know, no, absolutely. So, so that's... So if you can imagine, so I was in Chicago and, you know, we, we went to Colorado when I was leaving on the U-Haul, my mom and my sister were literally staying on the front porch crying because they didn't want me to leave, you know, because they because they didn't understand why I was leaving a good job, you know, why I'm, I'm picking up and everything going to like uncertainty. Like I had no idea how much we were going to make. Um, but so you bring up a really good point, you, you know, like, you know, we grew up too. I mean, my dad crossed the border in Mexico in 1965, you know, you know, like poor with nothing. Right. Yep. Uh, one thing that I've learned is that every generation has to push themselves to take you to the next level. Um, right. So like, you know, like what you're doing now, Emma is like, is probably so different of where your parents are. Right. And oh then, yes. You know, and then like, right. And, yes. then it's, and then it's like, and then, then it takes more to go to the next generation. So it's our comfort level. Um, and, you know, and that's why entrepreneurship 
sometimes it's really challenging because of the people that you love don't understand it. Yep. And we have to be real careful with that because they, they mean good, right? Like they want to protect us. Like they want to protect their children. So they'll tell you, you know, don't go stay. Uh, but then after to answer your question, after we built the business and my brother, you know, he had everything he wanted before he passed away, you know, and you know, they're happy with that. Right. And now even more, because obviously, you know, we just kept going. Uh, but, you know, I still get the calls from my mom and dad. Like my mom's like, you know, so how's your job going? I'm like, well, I don't have a job. I told you, know, <laughs> uh, you know, so funny. I and, love it. You know, and then my dad says, you know, uh, working hard, working hard. I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, working hard. But his working hard is what I, this is what I learned. His working hard is different from my working hard. Right. That it's, again, it's more physical for him. It's more yes. physical because he probably uh, assume because this is more mental this is different then it's not working if he doesn't see you sweating you know uh so i understand yes that's why i love it because i can i i relate to it and thinking that i was like a nutcase and whatever i'm like okay she's crazy yes i am and i'm good i can <laughs> I, I i assume to be the crazy one i'm fine but being an entrepreneur and being somebody who really wants to live their dream to the fullest it's inspiring and it's nice to hear your story today because i interview on my business breakthrough series uh, CEOs and people who have their own business because I want this to be shared for anyone who want to create their own business, have an idea or in the middle of it and they are struggling. So they understand that, hey, everybody goes through struggles. It's not giving it with the red carpet. It's not because we're smiling and laughing and we don't have a trouble. I don't have roses and bonbon every day. No, I have to figure it out how to build the business. I have to figure out how to get to the next client. I have to figure it out if my clients um, uh, got everything they need. It's everything on the line. But the difference is that uh, compared to a nine to five job, then we're being paid by somebody is we're in charge of our own destiny. You know, we're on, on, we're on the driver's seat. So it's scarier. But it's so much more rewarding at the end of the day. I think it's an addiction too at this point, I will call it. I don't know. It's addictive to do it. But I feel like um, it gets the best out of us. And it really shows us by pushing us to the extreme because we're being pushed to the extreme. Like you said, uh, when you went with your, your hole in Colorado, it's like, well, I don't know what's going to happen by tomorrow. I have a little nut stake uh, on, the, you know, on the side. I have a little bit of money. But when it's going to be gone, what am I going to do? Don't know. But you already had an idea. You had the concept. But it was a matter of materializing everything and moving out from a $5 million uh, company with 20 employees. But it takes a lot of guts to do it it's insane when you're you know if you're doing it in your town you're fine but you went and did it somewhere else <laughs> thousand miles away and had a great concept and for me it's empowering for people to hear it it's inspiring for me to hear it and for people who's going to be hearing it because it shows the sky is the limit and everybody has opportunities to live their dreams and to learn because you went from one area to now helping those companies, which is giving back, which is, I think, amazing. Yeah, correct. No, absolutely. No, and, and, and you're right, though. I mean, you just have to, you know, like, I, I mean, so we grew the business so fast, but, you know, what I didn't share was like, 
you know, uh, we had an employee that stole thousands of dollars from us, right? Uh, you know, one of my, you know, we build, uh, we, we burnt down a few homes. My employees burnt down a few homes, you know. Well, uh, you know, too. <laughs> we caused, I mean, I mean, there, there was so many ups and downs, you know, like, I mean, you know, we had, um, we had employees that literally, you know, were using our vehicles um, to do, you know, criminal activity, like we had no idea. <laughs> Right. I mean, it has, you know, one day, one day we were, one day we were sitting in our office and like 12 employees came in and they said, we're quitting or else you, uh, you need to give us $20 raises. And we're like, oh my God, like, you know, but those are the stories that, you know, it's part yeah. of it. Right. But, you know, we were able to learn from it, to grow it, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, and we laugh about it now. Cause I mean, you learn once you get past it, you know, um yeah no i mean it's a it's a funny thing when you pick up the newspaper and then your employee's face is on the front of the newspaper with your company truck (laughs) and that they were arrested we're like oh no so how went the business when he got arrested did more people call you or what happened actually well we we, we actually got it was pretty good advertisement you know first of all you know so but but we got rid of the employee but yeah, no, yeah, that was a that was a pretty was, fun thing. He was the employee of the year. They end up on the yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for advertising. You know, you're talking about this, and it's hilarious. But have you ever thought to write, write a book? Um, well, actually, well, I actually did write a book. Did you write a book about it? Uh, no, no, not about my stories. No, not about and which I have a lot of stories. Okay. So we're going to talk about the books you already written, but this one, have you ever thought to read, to, to write a book about this? Because I think we need to read it. Mm-hmm. It would be hilarious, but you should need to be educative as well. Have you ever thought about it? If not, seriously, you should. No, I've never thought about it, but you're right. Though. I mean, just kind of telling those stories. Um, well, it's telling the stories, but yeah. it shows as well the education part of it too, because it's funny. Oh boy. Hey, honey. He, did, he, did he work for us? Because I think I recognized him. I saw him last week. Yeah. Yes. Now he's in jail. But <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking because writing the story about your adventures to where you started in Chicago, then moving to Colorado, I think it would be great because it could be an educational part of it, not only a storytelling, because there is some obviously pretty good anecdote we want to know. I want to know more. You're going to come back on the show, seriously. <laughs> and we're going to do a, a, a moment of laughter. We're going to do the laughter part of the business <laughs> on this one. But I'm thinking that it would be a good education because based on stories, people can relate to it. And people who are starting their business can be aware of situation. Maybe it's a different situation, but there will come something similar that will help them as well. For me, it's all about the education. And people will remember, especially when you're telling stories. Trust me, when you read the book afterwards, you're going to remember those stories. They're probably the first thing you're going to remember. So that's why I'm like... Think about writing a book about it, because I think it's so amazing when entrepreneurs like you and your brothers had that fabulous ideas out of Chicago and said, hey, we're going for Colorado. I'm going to do something absolutely outrageous, but so good that it's going to turn out great. But along the way, those stories to get there, I think, needs to be shared. Even the trip to get from Chicago to Colorado, I'm sure there is a couple of great stories on that without you all. So, yeah. 
I will, I will said you should do that. Now, talking about your books, you have published a few books. So can you share about the titles and what it's all about? That would be great for people who would love to know more about what your books are all about. Yeah, absolutely. So, so my last book is the, it's called The Profit Secrets That They, that they Don't Tell You About. Um, and essentially what that is, is there's strategies in there that, again, like we talked about in the beginning, that most small businesses don't have, but other larger corporations use. Um, so that's just all strategies. Um, you know, uh, that has about eight to eight strategies in here that you, if you really apply them, like you can see dramatic results in your business. Um, and then uh, the, the book before that is how to build a million dollar business. Um, so that one gives you the fundamentals, you know, all from, you know, incorporating to, you know, selling your business from like A to Z. If you really want to be able to start a business, you know, that's like, like the playbook that you want to follow. Okay. So you get a great playbook and you get two books out. Are you working on a third one? Uh, well, I think right now, the one that you said is putting my story. You should actually. I'm serious. Yeah. I could yeah. even see it make as a, a mini series or a, a movie. Seriously. I am oh, serious when I'm saying that. Um, well, there's, a, there, there's a lot of stories that we have. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And I think, you know, everybody has a story to share, but I think yours will be powerful because it will help businesses, but share a, a side of it and you can laugh about it right now. It probably wasn't funny at all <laughs> time, but it could be, you know, it could be a great uh, um, memories as well for people to laugh because this is funny, but probably not at that time. <laughs> So I, so I'll give you an example. So, so we had so many employees. Um, There was this one employee that like seemed like he was working all the time, right? Because they would take their trucks home Um, and we couldn't figure it out. Sometimes we would see him at the job site. The work was getting slow. So what we did is, you know, back in the day, we, we put a GPS in the truck, right? To be able to monitor him. And, you know, we paid a lot of money for it. So we tracked him for a whole week. And then when we came to the computer, you know, to, to look at it, we realized 80% of the time he was at home. The truck was at home. He wasn't even working like for the whole week. So how his job was done. So uh, he had an apprentice. So like a helper, he was, oh. he would, he would take the no. helper to the job, do all the work. He would go back home, come back, pick him up. We had no idea. Like we were paying him for nothing. And uh, oh my so, God. I mean, but he was smart. I'm like, you know, oh, yeah, he was smart, smart way to work for sure. Yeah. But then, like, <laughs> oh my God, yeah, but <laughs> so that's yeah, so that's another story. Yeah. So, where are people can connect with you? Which way or how can people can connect with you for um, for your thoughts and for your help as an entrepreneur or coach? Yeah, so so the best is they can go to my website, uh, scalemyprofits.com. Or they can email me, Juan, at scalemyprofits.com. Or they can just reach out uh, on LinkedIn. It's uh, Juan Carlos Velasco. Okay. That's wonderful. Any other thoughts you would like the audience to know a little bit more or any thoughts you've got before we end the show? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you, Emma, for for having me on the show and just kind of just opening up some things. But, you know, one thing is kind of like what we're doing here, you know, like, if you have a dream, um, you know, if you have a passion and you're going to have some fear of going forward, just know that the fear is normal. Um, you don't have to take that big step, but maybe break it down. So like I have a mentor, I have a coach. We were talking about this yesterday. The problems always seem really difficult until you break them down. So if there's something that you want to do or, or a problem, just 
break it down into smaller steps and and then it's almost like oh wow like i can actually do that you know so so don't let fear kind of take over um just break it down into smaller steps that's wonderful well thank you so much for uh being on my show but i will say this is another open invitation because we're going to do probably uh, episode number two, probably in a couple months, because I want to know more about the funny side of the stories and what happened, because it seems so interesting to know what happened in Colorado over there. That must have been very interesting. Very but I want to know more about it too. So, but yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure to have you. And People, if you want to reach uh, to Juan, it will be, I'm going to put it into the description as well of the show so you can connect with Juan anytime. Absolutely great and great coach, fantastic, fantastic entrepreneurial coach that will help you with your business. Thank you so much. Thank you, Emma. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody.